morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are. This is The Breakfast Show, positively different radio in the morning and you are with Lyle and... Mon, good morning, Lyle. How are you this morning, Mon? Yeah, I'm good as gold. How are you? Well, I'm just, just, just amazing. What are you thankful for? I'm thankful for electricity. Okay. I'm trying to stay positive. <laughs> You're thankful for electricity probably because you have a have lack it. of electricity. <laughs> we haven't really had power since Saturday. You know, uh, electricity is kind of um, a little blip on the horizon of history. You know, for most of the last 6,000 years, electricity has not existed. <laughs> I like how you, you say blip like it has an end as well. Like there's going to come a time where we won't have electricity Just a blip. Just a blip. <laughs> yeah, it's, well, if the um, world continues, there will. It's true. That simple reality. Um, and I guess I should just figure out how to survive it. I've been doing pretty well since Saturday, and it's now Tuesday, and I've been working without it. Um, I've been sharing at the gym, so that's been a way to get hot water. I don't mind losing power so much as I lose as losing hot water. If I lose hot water, like that's when it really hits it. For I told me. you, you should. Uh, we, we lost hot water at our place, and uh, we set up the camping um, gas system on the back porch, um, and away we went. Yeah, the advantages right. of living in the country. Yeah, no, 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 I'm sure my neighbours would appreciate that. <laughs> but I'm I'm grateful for the pockets of power that we have. We had like we had a little bit of power last night for a few hours, and so I had a quick opportunity to to cook up some banana pancakes. So that was good. Because um, apparently, it turns out our stove and our oven are also connected to the power, so I can't cook any food. So all our food's going to rot in our freezer and fridge, but we can't use it up because there's nothing to cook it with, not even a microwave. <laughs> anyway, what are you grateful for, Lyle? I'm grateful for my son. Oh, how come? It's his birthday. Happy birthday, Harley! Is he listening? I doubt it. Okay. He's probably sleeping. We should call him up live. Oh, we should call him live. Him live. Oh, we should do that. Oh, yes. <laughs> Let's do that next. Right. <laughs> He'll be like, am I on the radio? <laughs> That'll be him in a minute. <laughs> it is It is a good thing to be grateful for kids. Yeah. yeah. How old is he now? 24. Oh, 24. Can you believe I have a 24-year-old? I know, that's crazy. Where did that come Don't from? worry, Lyle, you don't look like you have a 24-year-old. <laughs> thank you. Look you look like you have a 30-year-old. Yeah, no, that's kidding, right. I'm <laughs> <laughs> I said thank you. I was like, nah, this is going to go the wrong way. <laughs> uh, I can't anyway. trust one. <laughs> we have a great show coming up for you today. Stay tuned. This is a reminder, you are listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show and interact with Mon and myself for the breakfast show, then simply go to faithfm.com.au and press play or use the tune in radio app. Stay tuned. This is Lauren Daigle. Look Where up Where are you now when darkness seems to end? Where are you now when the world is crumbling? Oh, I, I, I hear you say, I hear you say, look up, child.
back that was Lauren Daigle with Look Up Child here on Faith FM I understand Lauren Daigle is coming to Australia what is it this year yes. or next year she, oh I don't know too. January January there you yeah, go yeah, January I'm excited about it um, yeah so she'll be performing live which is really cool great to have some Christian artists um, you know, Melbourne and Brisbane getting some recognition and, and tour, being able to tour and people can go see some good music yeah. love it Okay, what do you got for the quiz there, Mon? Okay, breakfast Bible quiz kicking off right now. Do you want to who am I or do you want what city am I? Um, let's go with the, let's go with the city for a change. I haven't I had a city for a while. I haven't city. had a we haven't had a city for a while. Where's Both my, of these are who's run hard. off with my pen and paper? What, you what, have sabotaged. What you sabotaged you have yourself? Sabotaged, Look at that no, arm. You can't no. write with that arm. Your arm's oh, all wrapped up. You yeah. sabotaged yourself. Don't blame forgot me for that. hiding no pen and paper. That's you right. You forgot it. you sabotaged yourself. You, 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 you hit it. <laughs> you forgot that my arm was sabotaged. Speaking and you hit of my paper. sabotaged. Oh well, let me tell you about that in a minute. Um, what city am I? Clue number one. The home of Simon the leper was located in this city. The home of Simon the leper was located in this city. You look pleasantly confused there, Lyle. Mm. Give us a call if you think you know the answer, if you think you know where Simon the leper uh, had his home, which city he was in. Our number to call is 1-800-FAITH-FM. It's 1-800-324-843. You can send your guesses if you're in a text if you like to 491 um, what's the rest of the number? Zero six nine zero six four six six nine. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> Sometimes the blanks upstairs in my brain, uh, so you can text that number or, or just call us one eight hundred Faith FM. Uh, first answer through, we'll, we'll get a copy of a wonderful prize I've picked out called the Advent uh, the Adventist the Vegetarian Advantage. Basically, that's how I'm saying. Uh, the Vegetarian Advantage. It's a book by Dr. Hall. It's all about how to live longer, healthier, and happier. On the back, it says, does diet affect health? Absolutely. Do you want an easy way to lower your blood pressure, prevent heart disease, and live a longer, happier life? Dr. Don Hall has dedicated his life to studying and sharing the effects of diet on health with thousands of individuals. So this book actually uses a step-by-step approach, and uh, the doctor outlines you know, changes you need to make, um, to, like moving from a cholesterol-laden, artery-clogging animal product diet to a wholesome plant-based diet you know, of whole grains, legumes, fruits, vegetables, all that good stuff. Um, so this book, you can actually learn how to ensure that you will meet your nutritional needs uh, and how to avoid the pitfalls that are made by many new vegetarians. So there's meal planning guidelines and, uh, and all kinds of pointers, teaching you how to become a smart vegetarian. Cool, cool, cool. So give us a call right now, 1-800-324-843, if you know the answer to where Simon the leper came from. And I'm guessing if you can tell me before Lyle figures it out, because you haven't figured it out. No, nah, I haven't got it yet. I will actually chuck in another prize. I'm going to chuck in a Bible. Two prizes, a Bible and the Vegetarian Advantage by <laughs> Don Hall. Um, if you can tell me, do you, you don't even want to take a guess? What city that is? Mm, no. 
Come I, I, can, on I, can see, I can see it on a map. I just can't bring the word Come to on, mind. Come on, Australia. This is your and I've opportunity. Got two other, I've got two other cities that are rattling around inside my head, and I know that they're both the wrong one, but I can't. Every, you know, anyway. every morning, this is what it is. we pit ourselves against this genius, and now is an opportunity to snatch the prize from under him. 1-800-FAITH-FM. What's happening in positively different news, Mon? Oh, yes. Okay. So, I didn't know this. This is actually coming out of Newcastle University. Some researchers have done this. But did you know you can help keep plastic out of the ocean simply by ditching the delicate washing machine cycle? By not using the delicate cycle? By not using the delicate washing machine cycle. What? I know, right? What are you talking about? It's, I'm, I'm confounded. I actually thought this was like some sort of a hoax, but it turns out it's not. Um, so uh, according to this research... Delicate wash cycles on your washing machine actually release more plastic microfibers than other cycles. So I'm going to try and explain this. It is a little bit of heavy science for this early in the morning, but stay tuned. Um, So the study found that it is because the volume of water used during the wash cycle rather than the spinning action of the washing machine, which is a key factor uh, in the release of plastic microfibers from clothes. So they measure the release of these plastic microfibers from like polyester clothing um, for a range of cycles and water volumes. And then they count the fibers released and they found that there's a higher volume um, Okay, so the fibers in the in the uh, in the in the delicate ones. So what are you going to Regardless do? Regardless of speed and abrasive forces of the washing machine. What are you going to do now with how are you going to wash your delicates? I'm I'm going to teach our audience how to do this because I actually don't use delicate ever. Oh, I have a I have a different way to do my delicates. Um, do so you put yeah. them in one of those like a delicates bag kind of thing? Uh no. Um, so the, on average, they found. 800,000 more fibers, so almost a million more fibers are released in the delicate wash than in a standard wash. And uh, the, the guy who led the study as a PhD student, Max Kelly, he's, he tried to explain. Um, and previous research has suggested the speed the drum spins at, the number of times it changes spinning direction during cycle and the length of pauses in a cycle all known as machine agitation is the most important factor in the amount of microfiber release. But we've shown here that even at reduced levels of agitation, microfiber release is still greatest with higher water volume to fabric ratios. This is because, you know, the high, a- and they do like this is because the high volume of water used in a delicate cycle, which is supposed to protect sensitive clothing from damage, actually plucks away more fibers from the material. So millions of plastic microfibers are shed every time we wash wash clothes, um, and these are particular clothes that like stuff like nylon, polyester, and acrylic. Um, and because the, these fibers are so small, they drain out of the washing machines; so they're not collected, and they ultimately pollute marine environments. Okay, so. The way I'm reading this, if more fibres are coming out of your delicates, then that's not actually a benefit to your delicates anyway. Correct. It's going to shorten the life of your delicates rather than lengthen the life of your delicates. Okay. I have a solution. Before you get to your solution, my solution is way better than your solution. Well, you haven't even heard my two solutions, but go on. Okay. So I have zero of any of my fibres going into the ocean at my house. How do you know? Because I have an EnviroCycle in the backyard that pumps all of its grey water straight out onto my orchard. Okay, that's a cool. That's a cool solution. So here's the here's the solution. Here's the real solution. Let's get away from um, being addicted to government supplied services 
become more self-sufficient, have our own system in the backyard where we can actually recycle all of our water to grow things that we can eat. Can I just ask, so when you say grey water, your washing machine awful yeah. goes on, like, so the, all the laundry detergent, yeah. all the dirt, like, huh? and that doesn't kill your plants? Plants love it. Plants love laundry detergent water? Yeah. Really? Now, you know, the good thing to do and the appropriate thing to do in that circumstance is to buy the ones that the plants are going to love even more. Um, but even if you're just using your uh, your, your cheapo kind of um, product out of straight, straight out of the uh, store, plants love it. Really? Oh, you should I've see. Always been you scared. should see my trees. What, but, but what are you just taking, like nappy sand and bleach and all that kind of stuff through? Your well, you no, no, no. You can't put um, bleach in there. Well, there you go. No, okay. bleach, bleach. I mean, but, but you can't put bleach into any kind of envirocycle or septic system anyway. Okay, okay. That has to be disposed of separately. So the washing machine has a setting called envirocycle or you just have a system? No, envirocycle septic system. Okay, and so, okay, maybe I'll have to look into buying... Yeah, I've just got like four little sprinklers that on, an, on the end of a hose and when the septic system gets up to a certain level mm-hmm. and it's processed itself and, and, and cleaned the water, it just pumps it out onto the trees. Okay, because I am... Um, I, I usually buy my laundry detergent based on smell. <laughs> but maybe is, I'll switch to this one is that are greeny Mon right here. He's like, yeah, I'm, um, this is and also it has to be a liquid. I, I refuse powers, so I always buy a liquid, a liquid that smells nice. Um, but yeah, my two solutions. I think your solution might actually be better than my two solutions. But my two solutions Told is uh, something that I've been doing for years anyway. So I haven't been contributing be to this in any way. Um, I'm going to rub that smile <laughs> in your face in a second. So what what I do is first of all. I, for years now, I've refused to buy polyester or nylon or acrylics. I don't. I haven't purchased plastic fibers for a long time in terms of clothing because it reacts with my skin and makes me sweat, and it's just a cheap, nasty fabric that makes you sweat more and it makes you stinky. And also, polyester fabrics, because of what they do to your skin, you can usually only get one wear out of them before you have to wash them. Where stuff like cottons and and uh, you know, so you wear cotton, wool, and silk. Yeah, those kind of yeah, exactly. Anything else? Yeah, maybe like viscose and, and that kind What's of stuff. What's that? Yeah, we're getting a bit into like the delvings of you know um, different kinds of fabrics that they've engineered, but they're more natural fibers still. Um, I'm looking. At, I'm wearing my gym clothes right now, Lyle. And um, yeah, you're telling me those are made out of cotton. These silk. Are, yeah, these are cotton. Really? Yeah, yeah. So um, we'll probably add a little bit of elastine just to make them stretchy. But yeah, so those kind of fabrics have way less plastic in them to release and then also with my delicates i wash them in the shower that's how i wash my delicates so i'll actually put them on and step in the shower and then wash them as if i'm yeah i wash and wear them in the shower so that's how i wash my delicates so there you go lyle and i don't think that's actually really smart because yeah. that's recycling water in a different exactly. way. double using water exactly and it's not like and that's how i travel Whenever I right. travel, that's how I that's how right. I wash my clothes. You know, you can take two two pair of clothes and you can travel the world. You only need two sets of clothes because you just wash them each night. That's it. So there's some solutions. Give us a call if you know some other solutions on how to get plastic out of our ocean. Give us a call one eight hundred Faith FM. To the only God who is able to keep us. Able to keep us from falling to the only God. Be all glory and honor, majesty and power for all ages now and forevermore.
all ages now and forevermore. Forevermore. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Faith FM, and we have the clue for the quiz has been answered. Congratulations to Gary. She's a little bit sad this morning because the last uh, quiz that he'll be able to uh, answer here on Faith FM because we have our once a month rule and we are closing down this month, which is uh, super, super sad. But um, yeah, congratulations, Congratulations, Gary. What city am I? Answered it on the first clue, snapped it up from underneath Lyle's nose. Very impressed. What city am I? The answer was Bethany, Lyle. It was Bethany. You've got to be joking me. No, no. You have got to be joking me. I was going to write Bethany down. It was one of the cities that was in my head, and I'm like, no, it's not Bethany. Well, there you go. There you go. Unbelievable. Should have gone with my gut. He knew. Gary knew. Gary got two prizes. He got the Vegetarian Advantage and the Holy Bible. But not to worry, listeners, we're going to start a brand new um, quiz right now. Okay, hit us with it. This is a Who Am I quiz. Um, whoa, this, this might be the morning, Lyle. This might be the morning that we smash out five quizzes, quizzes, four quizzes in one day. All the first clue. <coughs> and how wonderful would it be if everyone got double prizes? <laughs> okay, okay. Who am I? Who am I? Who am I? This is all pretty hard, though. Clue number one. I said this quote. I have learned by divination that the Lord has blessed me because of you. Have I pronounced that correctly? Divination, divination. Probably. Divination. Yeah, have a read of it. Don't look at the answer, but tell me. I can't see that. It's all right. Just leave it be for now. Um, Yeah, I got it. 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 I said, I have learned by divination. I'm not sure if I pronounced it correctly. The Lord has blessed me because of you. Give me a call. 1-800-FAITH-FM. The second prize that I've picked out this morning is a copy of Sue Rad's The Breakfast Book. So a bit of, a bit of a health theme this morning. This is also a wonderful book um, all about how to uh, uh, regain your health um, through the eating of breakfast with the most important meal a day. So this book also contains meal plans and nutritional information, um, assessment uh, pieces, and just a just really wonderful book full of delicious recipes. I get so hungry every time I look at this book. The Breakfast Book by Sue Rad. Lyle has figured it out. He's written down. There's only one prize. The only one prize this morning for this one, but still, give us a call. Let's see if we can do this for four or five quizzes in one day. And a listener has just written in to say, I just heard that the breakfast show is going to finish and I'm devastated. It is the only radio station I can listen to on my way to work. I listen to the delayed when I miss it. I have been abundantly blessed by the news, updates, and Bible studies. So praise God for uh, listeners sending in positive messages. We would love to hear from you now so that we can uh, pass them on to, um, yeah, the bosses. Anyway, moving on from there, while you were talking about um, ethical washing of clothes, I thought we might talk about ethical buying of clothes. Ow, go on then. Okay, so uh, Forever 21 has just gone belly up. I saw that. Yep, that's all over and gone. I was wondering when that was going to happen. You can sort of see the signs. You can sort of see the signs. Like when I was in the States, because have you ever been to a Forever 21? Uh, what do you reckon? Oh, my, yeah. my wife says yes. <laughs> They're enormous. They're just absolutely enormous shops, um, clothing stores. And I went to them in the US just on my last trip. And it's this huge, huge shop. And everything in there is just down to a couple of bucks, just being reduced, reduced. And nothing's being sold. They've just got racks and racks and racks and racks of clothes. <clears throat> everything on sale. Nothing moving out the door. It's crazy. And one of, they've, they've raised a couple of, uh, you know, it's, it's raised a discussion about shopping. 
and how we do our shopping, um, which, of course, you know, the big thing that's hitting Forever 21 is e-shopping. And I think, yep. Mon, you're probably a major contributor to that one right there. Not this year. I haven't been. Ah, okay. Okay. Yeah. So you and Shell, mm-hmm. as besties, have gone on a no clothes buying year. How right. has that gone for you? Yeah, it's been, it's been really good. I haven't been 100%. I, I've cracked maybe twice. Okay, let's ask producer Shell and let's find out. Uh, have you cracked this year? A nod of the head or a shake of the head? Hold up fingers. How many times you've cracked? She's shaking her head. We ha- we had clauses. We had clauses. Oh, okay, okay. There's so, a couple like, clauses. if you had to replace something or something was like urgent, you were allowed to buy. It wasn't like strictly nothing whatsoever. So, like for instance, you know, I um. I had to buy a pair of ankle boots because my feet were freezing and I didn't have winter shoes. Sure. But the, it, made, it made a difference because knowing that I was only allowed to buy one pair, because usually I'd be like, I love this and buy four. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and because I knew that I was going to make like possibly the only clothing purchase for the whole year, I put so much research into it, so much effort. And when I Are bought you planning it, it a, splurge, a splurge at the end of the year? I'm actually planning to maybe continue with it because it's, yeah, I really How many years it. do you think you could go oh. from here? Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> you reckon you could do two? I reckon I could do two, yes. Yep. Do you think it's going to change your shopping habits forever? It already has. It so already you're has. already going to buy a lot less stuff? Yeah, yeah. And also just the way I've lived my life because I've tried to stay away from shopping centers and I've tried to stay off my phone as well because that's where you get advertisements through. And so even even if I'm scrolling through Instagram, like, you know, there's, there's I had to go through my Instagram and un, unfollow a couple of shops that I followed. Um, but they'll still send you little um, little pop-up advertisements and that kind of thing, and I find that difficult. Um, so sometimes I will shop online without buying anything, but it's it's difficult. So, yeah, but I think because at the moment I'm, I'm aiming to get myself out of debt and clear away my hex debt, my student debt, and I know that'll take maybe a year or two. And so if I can just stay on that trajectory with not buying clothes, but it has definitely completely changed yeah, just my lifestyle in terms of how I approach shopping. So, yeah, it's and it's really good. I think to some extent it's easier than, than I realise that in other ways it's harder than I ever thought it would be. So, yeah. Mm. Anyway, okay, so here's a, here's a couple of uh, things to think about. Sales of clothing have almost doubled um, in the last 10 years. Uh, fashion com- uh, consumption expect- is expected to grow. Uh, so it went to $1.8 trillion. Um, and by 2025, it's expected to go to $2.1 trillion. Um, wow. Clothing consumption is expected expected to rise by sixty three percent from sixty two million tons to one hundred and two million tons by twenty thirty. The average person buys sixty percent more items of clothing and keeps them for half as long as they did fifteen years ago. Wow, that's incredible. That's not very long ago. No, that's a, it's like it's within my. Adult we life are room. just as a world, we have gone completely out of control. But you know what? Retailers have been pushing us to do that. They've literally. I think I shared like months ago a story about how retailers will. They're trying to. They're trying to incorporate not just seasons but micro seasons down to a week. And so they, yeah, that's right. There's some high fashion retailers where, like, they'll have their stock for a week, and then after that, it's no longer in season. And instead of discounting it and putting it down to sale, they'll slash it so it's no longer saleable, and then they'll chuck it just to force you into this pattern of everything's fresh for a week and then it's done to try and get you to buy more. So that's not just something we've done on our own. We haven't just sped up accidentally. That's been that's been drilled into us. And of course, you know, all of that just goes into uh, landfill, which then goes right. into the environment. 
um, and creates. Okay, so which which country do you reckon spends the most on clothes? America, United States. That mm-hmm. wouldn't be a very hard guess. Uh, it's interesting that uh, the uh, the difference in how countries uh, spend. So let me see here. North Americans consume thirty seven kilograms of clothing each as compared to Australia at 27 kilograms and Europeans, Western Europeans, at 22 kilograms. But Americans buy more comfort clothes than um, Europeans do. Okay, yeah. Europeans tend to be more fashionable and mm-hmm. uh, Americans buy, yeah. Um, so the average household in the UK spends £1,700 on purchasing clothes per year. That's a fair old chunk. Um, the carbon emissions generated by clothing, oh, um, the average household in the UK is the equivalent of driving, uh, what's that, 9,000 kilometres. But do you know what? It's, I think this is also a result of social media because businesses have l- tapped into the the wealth of advertising and influencing that can happen on social media. So suddenly when you're scrolling through social media, your friends might be advertising and clothing. Because you know, I, I've done it at the moment, Lyle. Like I purchased a product last year off a website, a beauty product, right? And I really ad- appreciate it. And so I actually, um, you know, wrote a review. And then they contacted me and they said, we'll give you $300 worth of free product if you make us a little video reviewing this. And suddenly I've become like a social influencer, so to speak, in my video you know, um, you know, claiming this product is great and it works will be used to influence other people. And so, you know, I might be so even if I unfollow and block every single yeah, it's retailer, out there. It's in digital world. It's going to stay there. Yeah, my friends might be like getting away. paid to wear a shirt. You know, they got for free. Yep. Yeah. So, it's yeah. Yep. In the UK, the estimated average lifetime for a garment of clothing is two point two years. 2.2 what? 2.2 years. Okay. That's that's as long as it's going to last. Which is interesting because back in the day, you know, um, clothing Things used to... years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A half a lifetime at least. Yeah, right. Um, and you would um, turn them inside out and recycle them and, um, you know, had all kinds of different and ways patch of... them and patch fix them, them, them and, and then them when they're really dead, then you used them as a flower sack or something. Yeah. Men of sorrows, what a name. For the Son of God who came, ruined sinners to reclaim. Hallelujah, what a Savior. Bearing shame and
goes like this The fourth, the fifth, the minor fall And the major lift The baffled king composing Hallelujah Holy 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 Are you Lord God Almighty Hallelujah 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 What a Savior Hallelujah Amen Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Faith FM, and we're going to have another clue for our second quiz of the day. Who am I? I said this quote. May the Lord keep watch between you and me when we are away from each other. Okay, who said that? If you know the answer, then you can give us a call. 1-800-324-843 is the number to call. And what is it, the breakfast book we have going? Yeah, the breakfast book by Sue Rad. Really great nutritional book about the importance of eating breakfast. It has recipes, meal plans, all that kind of good stuff. Yes, internationally recognized author mm, yeah. uh, right there. Fantastic. Joining us on the phone this morning for our interview of the day is one of our regulars on the show, Barand Newstratton. Barand, welcome to the show. Thank you, Lyle. Good to be with you. Good to, good to have you on the show. And Baron, we've been uh, going through over the last year or so, we've been going through the book of uh, Genesis, the book of beginnings. We've worked our way through the first three chapters. Uh, we've moved on from there to the story of Cain and Abel. Now we're starting to move up towards the story of the flood. But I thought this morning maybe we could take into consideration um, maybe you know, what, would the, what the world would have been like before the flood. I wonder if yeah. you could share with us uh, some, some things in relationship to that. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, it's fascinating when you look at that and consider particularly from what we find, uh, obviously, uh, geologically in the paleontology, it tells us that the, the world was a very different place before the flood. The conditions were completely different uh, that we see today. In fact, so much that if you look and consider all the changes that must have found place, uh, the flood of Noah, as we call it, of course, God caused the flood and brought it about. But it's interesting that when you uh, compare the descriptions of the early chapters there of Genesis as to what we see today, there is an enormous difference. It would have taken a catastrophe of an incredible proportion, such as the worldwide flood, to change the ecology of this planet, which was so much different and obviously so superior before the flood. So paleontologists and you know, geologists and so forth talk about you know, several or, or maybe one large mass extinction event. Um, and... Would it be true to say that the flood would fulfill the requirements for a mass extinction event? Oh, absolutely. If you look at, just just to mention one example, if you look at the coal deposits that you find in all continents, uh, it is amazing when you compare the amount of carbon in the coal that is in the ground with the carbon that is above the ground. 
part of our ecological system today. The interesting, the fascinating reality is that the ratio of carbon that we have on the surface of the planet is about 1 to 174 compared to the carbon that is being buried under the earth. In other words, coal deposits, mainly oil, and, and, and of course, gas is all a part of that process. It's fascinating that all coal, and that's not often realized, all coal uh, contains carbon-14, datable readings, which means that it can only be thousands of years old. So at one given state, all this uh, coal, which is really compressed vegetation matter mainly, the interesting thing is that every 10 meters uh, of coal requires a hundred meters of compressed vegetation and it can be formed uh, as has been reproduced in a matter of a few weeks so clearly the flora particularly the flora the, the growth the exuberant growth on the surface of the planet would have been so superior many 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 times more than we could see anywhere around the globe today Okay, so from the carbon evidence we have, we know that at some point in the last um, 6,000 years or so, yeah. enormous amounts of vegetation, uh, hundreds of metres thick, was buried? Well, absolutely, because there are coal deposits that are uh, roughly 100 metres, and that is quite incredible. Uh, normally not as thick as, but they do occur. And when you look at the quantity of the coal that we find, of course, in the, in the earth's crust, it is incredible, uh, that, that the, the quantities are there and that, as I said, the, that are datable readings of carbon 14 in all coal. And, uh, that makes it a reality that it had to have existed simultaneously at a given time, uh, only to be submerged by sedimentary deposits of uh, a force that we have not seen uh, in, in time and history of our planet. So this is this is actually very fascinating stuff. So what we've got then is um, in very recent history an event that has um, buried enormous amounts of vegetation beyond what we see anywhere on our planet right now. And uh, to, to form this to form this coal, and has then been covered by sedimentation, yeah. which perfectly describes what you would find in a flood. I'm wondering, you know, we see these we see these big deposits of you know vegetation. So obviously, vegetation like we don't see in our world right now. But what about animals? I mean, we we have the you know the, the mega fauna as well as the mega flora. Yeah, yeah. Now, many species, if you look at the, what shall we say, the watery graveyards, as we find them around the world, including, by the way, many of the dinosaurs, uh, which, again, uh, were buried with very contemporary species of life that we recognize today. So the fallacy of it being uh, or millions of years old has already been disproven uh, beyond any reasonable doubt because of the soft tissues that they have found recently in the last uh, decade or so. Uh, it's incredible that uh, that uh, actually uh, the DNA 
uh, even a partial DNA was was preserved in, in in not a full genome but a partial one. But that we find the organic tissues uh, with the dinosaurs, the Tarzanus rex was one of the uh, uh, the main ones. Uh, and, and a lady by the name of Mary Schweitzer found them. She was an evolutionist and. Uh, she almost apologized to the evolutionary world that she found them. Uh, this all because it hadn't been found before, because no one, no one had been looking for it before. No, no, because because supposedly dinosaurs existed uh, from 230 million years and were extinct to 65 million years ago, reportedly, and it's still in the textbooks, although it's been proven wrong. Uh, beyond any reasonable doubt, but it's still being upheld. It's quite extraordinary, really. Well, so, they say uh, that in the, in the field of science, it takes 30 years for the science to reach the scientist to the textbook. Uh, perhaps even longer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, it is fascinating what we find. I'll give you another little example, which to me was always so fascinating. We found coral reefs, not obviously died dead, but we found coral reefs, uh, particularly in the Northern Hemisphere, the North Poles and the South Pole, uh, Arctic regions. It's quite incredible, miles of them. It means that in one given state, the temperature around the globe was far uh, better than it is today and stable, obviously. And if you consider the fact that you might have found the immovable, immobile coral beds as they have been found, uh, that must indicate that the, the water temperature there of the oceans must have been about 23, 24 degrees Celsius at one given stage. If our and Earth was to true. warm up enough right now to be able to create coral reefs at the poles, that would make the equator uninhabitable, would it not? Well, yes, absolutely. Under current uh, conditions? Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, it couldn't occur. So there was obviously a provision. And when you go back to the early chapters, the first chapters, when the swaddling cloths of water vapor was explained as the separation of the waters from the waters in a vertical sense, you have a water vapor layer in, in engulfing this planet, stabilizing the temperature and all climatic conditions. In other words, you would have had no... Uh, significant winds, you would have had no uh, rain, you you would have an absolute stability of the Earth's crust, you would have had to have a very different, if you call particularly by the coal deposits, you would have to have had a ratio that's very different from land to ocean, uh, far more land mass than, than, than oceans as we know them today. Uh, you can almost reconstruct up to a point you can reconstruct what it might have been like if you take into account the, uh, the descriptions there in the early chapters of the book of Genesis. It is absolutely fascinating and so explanatory to what we find. It must have been a paradise back then, and what, I guess what we could say was this would be, rather than global warming, it would be global stabilization. And, and, and in many ways, you know, what we're facing at the moment is global destabilization. Absolutely, and so this is where does the, the the climate change comes from? Well, it started with this incredible, incredible cataclysmic events of the not just the flood, but the destabilizing of the Earth's crust, causing the 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 instability that we see around the globe today, and that in itself would have caused an ice age. 
not long after the flood, which then settled down again. But we we can explain what we see, what we know uh, historically, observably, from the accounts of Genesis. The the explanations really are there. Amazing. Now let's talk about the uh, the megafauna. I want to come back to that for a moment. Um, yeah. Creatures were bigger back then. Is there is there an explanation yeah. for you know? I mean, we compare them with the creatures that we have today. You know, you can go down there to the Sydney Museum and you see big kangaroos and big wombats and and these kind yeah. of things that you know, vastly bigger than what we've got right now. Yeah, the genetic capacity of of the uh, the fauna was, of course, that they could uh, grow better food, better uh, climatic conditions, uh, less radiation that is so aging. Uh, better protection, and and as I said, the genetic makeup would have been much more superior than ours. The the the, the form is basically the same, but somewhat larger, up to forty percent, uh, and in many cases actually double the size. Uh, in fact, it's interesting uh, that that mankind would have been taller as well. I mean, we consider six foot to be tall. Uh, can you imagine? We reportedly might have been 12 feet tall mm. as a human species. Mm. And, and, and as a human species, it's interesting where you get, you know, generations of hard-living humans are small and generations of good-living and humans are large. And this would have been an environment unlike, you know, an environment conducive to life unlike when, anything we've ever seen. Yeah. Very much more. Very much. Very favorable. Would that, yeah. would that go any way towards explaining the long lifespans that are recorded in the book of Genesis, or are they simply, you know, not believable? Ah, oh, no, no. This is this is the fascinating aspect. Say, you take in consideration the formation, say, of this, uh, let's take the largest form of life, dinosaurs. The herbivores were the four-footed ones, were the biggest forms, and you have a variety of them. Anywhere from 40 to 60 to 80, one uh, might even consider 100 tons in, in weight. What an enormous size. Now, they all came from a relatively small leg, a foot or, or maybe slightly over a foot, foot long uh, or in diameter. And then that would take in itself hundreds of years because dinosaurs are reptiles. Reptiles keep growing. And, uh, you know, you can always tell uh, if you go to a crop farm, which one is the oldest? As you know, it's the biggest because they have this capacity to continue their growth. And so the dinosaurs uh, growing from the origin as they were incubated and then uh, came into uh, came into existence. It's incredible to the, the sizes that they developed into that must have taken a process of hundreds and hundreds of years. And yeah. so uh, that would apply then also to mankind because there was an absence of the mutational changes that are limiting us so very much now in our aging process. Baron, it's fascinating information that you have been sharing with us uh, about that pre-flood environment and uh, what a truly... Um, amazing paradise it must have been back then, even yeah. though it was scarred by sin. Uh, sure. Byron, thanks for joining us this morning. Um, we are, yes, we're going to have to continue on with our show. 
Um, coming up, we have Kemi Ogendi, and she will be bring, bringing to us songs in the night. You're listening to Faith FM. Notes of praise in the hour of darkness. Notes of praise when God seems silent In questions or pain or anger or shame There's still a song in the night Sing though the shadows taunt you
This once-in-a-lifetime event as two of our country's best Christian singer-songwriters come together in concert. October 12th, 6.30 at Maitland SDA Church. Call 0413-122-348 now to book your seat. You're listening to Faith FM. Positively different radio. Happy Hearts is a free community craft program for kids aged 1 to 5, designed to encourage growth and creativity through Bible stories. Join us each Tuesday during the school term from 9.30 till 11am at the Senior Citizens Hall, 401 Warburton Highway, Wandon North. For more information or to register, go to happyhandsart.com.au forward slash happyhearts or contact Patricia on 0425 854 516. That's 0425 854 516. Happy Hearts. Free fun for kids and the mess stays with us. Jesus, our Messiah, hold for 